entering the Freedom Hut. The digital tyranny is here. Parlor purged by internet giants. Trump officials appearing on blacklists. And Pelosi tries to remove the president from office again. This, this is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission, or mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. Make no mistake. America, you're a great American again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. He's a great guy. It is Buck Sexton. Now. It's only going to get worse. I wish I could say otherwise, but we are not at the at the end of this. If anything, we're just in the opening phases of the left's attempts to completely silence conservatism online. I think it's important that we all establish some some rules here, some principles. Like the following. Everything is now political. Your enemies do not seek to convert you, but to destroy you. Your basic freedoms are under assault. And we're losing. Winning matters a lot. This is an ideological street fight. And you should act with honor, but expect none in return. Those are principles that I've put out that you will need to remember in the days and weeks ahead. Because the left is now unleashed. And they're using their most powerful companies, their most influential and wealthy corporations to do it. At a time when you've already seen a Democrat consolidation of government power. One of the issues that we've had here for a while, I think, is that in the media, we talk a lot about social media and people who are just trying to go about their lives think that there's some exaggeration. Oh, how powerful can Facebook and Google really be? Well, we're seeing now they are more powerful than really any government. They have more influence, certainly, than any media corporation. They're among the wealthiest companies in the world, and they are oligopolists. There are a handful of companies that, for all intents and purposes, control the Internet. And they have decided openly. I mean, it's been going on for a while, but now they're just saying that this is what's going to this is what's happening. They're not hiding it anymore. They're not pretending, oh, it's just the algorithm. Oh, it was a mistake. No, they're saying we are purging you. If you are a Trump supporter who is too vocal about your concerns about the election or if you're somebody who wants to battle against lockdowns and mask mania, we will get rid of you. We will erase you from the Internet, destroy your business and also silence you in the process. This is a level of censorship, my friends. This is a level of control over the flow of information that until recently would have been unthinkable. How could anyone do this? How could they be so effective in uh, deciding what the boundaries of acceptable political debate and conversation are. That's what's happening here. We have been talking about creating, as I've said, unsinkable aircraft carriers or free speech. And before any of you pointed out, I'll, I'll just admit it. I didn't realize how easily they'd be they'd be sunk or at least they would try to do it. Parlor, Rumble and, and other sites out there that have tried to take a free speech perspective. They're not right wing sites by mission. That's that's not true. You keep hearing this in the media. They're places where people on the right, where conservatives have been growing in number because we're not allowed to disagree with the Democrat left consensus on the other big social media sites. I mean, they may very well have delivered the election to Joe Biden 
just by suppressing the Hunter Biden story the way that they did. We'll never know. But then when you add on top of that, the way that they adjust the algorithms, you add on top of that the way that they try to tilt the playing field in, in the favor of Democrats all the time. We can't really account for this because people believe because we've been led to believe by these companies that they are free and fair and that they uh, are just trying to, to provide services to people. They're not pursuing an agenda beyond profit and growing their user base. And profit is fine. Growing users is great. But no, they're evangelists for the left. Google, Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, evangelists for the left. And those companies put together are such a huge portion of what is even possible on the Internet. If you don't have a single social media account, you understand how much this affects you. Google can cut off, if it wants to, all ads to any website that it chooses to do so. It, it, it can make your website go bankrupt in a matter of weeks. So if you're saying, well, Buck, I, I, don't, I don't use social media. I, I don't really care as long as I can still get my favorite authors and, and writers and commentators and go, go uh, support their content. What I'm telling you is, no, that they won't be able to either. They won't be able to either. I mean, thankfully, I'm on terrestrial radio as well as having a podcast and a website. You know, you can go to bucksexton.com and please do so because my ability to tell you all I've been saying for a while, please bookmark it, be, you know, make bucksexton.com a site that you're checking in to see. You can always listen to the show there, too, on demand. It's very easy. There's a pop up. Just click the play button. You can do it from your smartphone. I'm telling you this because it's really a matter of time right now before my what was almost 500 and I was getting getting close to 550, I think, thousand Twitter. And anyone who tells you they don't pay attention to their Twitter following who's on Twitter and has a blue check is a liar, a liar. OK, that's that's ridiculous. I've seen some people Oh, who even cares, please. It's CNN. That's all they care about. It's all just one big vanity project for them anyway. Uh, but but I've I've been losing, I think, at this point. I'll be close to 100,000 Twitter followers down in a week, in a week. It's a lot of people to, to no longer be able to reach in any capacity. And I know some of them are bots and there's all these theories out there. But if they weren't doing a purge of conservatives, explain to me why it's only happening to conservatives. That, that I would like to know if it were just Russian bots, they were they were taking off the off the Internet. And and the way that Amazon can go after people now is even in some ways more frightening, you need servers. There's an actual technological infrastructure that has to be in place for you to have any kind of website, for, for you to do any of these, uh, any of this conservative content that I'm talking to you about. If you, don't, if you don't have the servers, you can't do anything. They are now denying people access to servers, right? And that's what's happened to Parler, for example. It wasn't just... Amazon and Google and and uh, and Twitter are all effectively saying, you know, they're they're going to be targeting. This is a competitor. I mean, there, there are rules, there are laws about collusion and about monopoly for a reason, because ultimately the consolidation can be anti-competitive. So it, it can produce an outcome that is the opposite of what you want, a free and, and competitive market. Uh, they, they all came together, but it's even worse than that. Because not only did you have these tech bans come together against against Parler in the way that they did, but they also they're 
the, the secondary order effects are that your lawyers, your accountants, you know, other people that work for your company, once you're targeted, targeted by Amazon and Google and Facebook, you're radioactive. Nobody wants to go near you. And that's also why you've seen all these other corporations like uh, Marriott is suspending donations to Republican senators who voted against certifying President-elect Joe Biden, for example. I mean, you know, Marriott Hotels, uh, Citigroup, the huge uh, financial services company, right? Citigroup, the huge bank, they've uh, decided they're going to cut off donations from Citigroup also to, to a number of these senators. And this is this is all out purge. That's what we're going through right now. And it's the beginning of it. How is this going to make things better in the country? Ask yourself that question. How will this bring us together? Where is the spirit of unity that we were told was going to come about when Joe Biden wins? You know, the uh, the 80 to 90 percent, and that's what the polls are showing, of Republicans who condemn, who just outright condemn. And, and you should know that's what the number is. It's 80 to 90 percent of Republicans condemn the the Capitol Hill riot separate from the protest, but the riot on Capitol Hill, uh, that's not going to save them, though, meaning there's still going to be consequences. There's still going to be targeting of anybody on the right as part of this. This is why I've been warning for years about how the left has expanded the term white supremacy, for example, to be if you oppose affirmative action. I mean, that's that's a white supremacist position. If you oppose uh, racial preferences in hiring or in admissions for schools or whatever, that's white supremacists. They, they expand this. It used to be for neo-Nazis. Now it's for anybody that has a position touching on a whole range of issues that the left, that the Democrats don't share. They smear everybody. And what's really concerning are these early stage moves. I mean, there's so much here. These early stage moves to make a big push on domestic terrorism and by that, you know, they're going to be going after people on the right who aren't really engaged in a terroristic activity, but they'll abuse this. They'll be a tremendous mission creep. There's already laws against all terrorism. You, 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 there's no there's no legal terrorist. But what they want to do is increase the surveillance state and make harsher penalties for people that don't even do anything illegal, let's say, but who are you know, running their mouths about something and, and they want to increase surveillance. They want to have a chilling effect on the opposition to the Biden administration. That's really what this is. They will abuse this tool. And I was somebody who was working in the war on terror. And, yeah, there were abuses. So this happened under the Bush administration, but it wasn't abuses against Democrats. It was abuses around the world and in the international arena, right? That's what we've all seen. Democrats, you know, we, we were so upset and we learned all these stories about, about black sites and waterboarding and the mass surveillance state, which did affect all Americans. Uh, Democrats now are planning to do, to, to use that same overreach playbook, but they're planning to do it for domestic political purposes against their fellow Americans. That's really the plan here. This is going down a very dark and dangerous path. And I think it's it's really necessary for you to understand. We complain about this. We appeal the principle. We say, hold on a second, guys. This is reckless. This is bad. This is unfair. You're penalizing a lot of people under false pretenses. And you know what their response is? Good. You deserve it. 
They don't care. They think your ideas, the Democrats, the left, have convinced themselves that your ideas that they want to suppress are not just wrong. They are a danger and they need to be destroyed and you need to be punished for them. That's the prevailing mentality. That's the the overwhelming sentiment of the left falls into that category. It's not I don't like what you say, but I understand that you have a right to say it and you should not face concerted consequences to ruin your business, your life, your reputation around it. No, they've moved into the the destruction of anybody who stands in their way and they feel good about it. And if there are people that get caught up in this that are ruined or that that go bankrupt, have their reputations destroyed, that's collateral damage. They're absolutely willing to willing to pay, because if you're on the right, there is no such thing as collateral damage. You're on the wrong team. You should suffer. I'm telling you, this is the attitude. That is how they feel. Now, I, I also want to talk about what we what can we do about this? What is the path forward? People keep saying to me, well, Buck, you you're telling us about the problems. What about the solutions? First, we need to understand the full scope of the problem, because the mobilization that is required on our side to tackle these issues is massive. And we are now out of power. And it is only fair to point out that Republicans didn't do a damn thing about this for four years. And now we are exactly where some of us were warning we'd be, where you have political power and private sector tech power colluding and consolidating to to eradicate right wing views. That is what is happening right now. And we are finally seeing it at a time when we're in the worst position we've been in in four years to do something about it. So I want to be clear on that. There are people in positions of power who are supposed to be on our team who let us down here. This is the truth. I told you I'll speak the truth. The Trump administration did not do a damn thing about this. And here we are. How many times did we talk about it? Section 230. What's going to happen next? Nothing was done. And now we, the people, have to figure out a plan of action to return this country to some sense of political equilibrium because this this can deteriorate very rapidly. And, and I, I do not get worried easily about the future of this country. If this trend continues of, of really punishing political enemies in the way that they're already doing and going to get it's going to get much worse. If this trend continues, I don't know what happens to this country, but I am worried. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. What do I think is coming next? I want to talk to you about what we should do, but I want you to also understand where this is all heading. You're going to see an escalation until we submit. It used to be build your own app. And it took us too long on the right to do it. But we, but we did. We, we have an app that's just it's free speech. It's not actually even conservative or right wing, but build a place. You know, it's the private businesses build a place that, you know, you can have the free speech you want. So we did. And then they shut that they shut that down. And if we say, OK, well, we're going to have our own, uh, you know, we're going to create our own ad sales company. They're going to go after. You, not only are they going to try to boycott companies that that partake in conservative ad sales to support media and voices out there like mine, uh, they're also 
going to then say, well, we're going to cut off your servers, which has already happened. I mean, it's essentially we're heading toward the left has so much dominance of the Internet that the answer is going to be too bad. Build your own Internet. That's unacceptable in society. All of a sudden, you'll notice the left are a bunch of free market absolutists, right? Oh, there's no no need for regulation, no need for government intervention. Isn't that so convenient? The people that tell you bake that cake, Christian, put, you know, a, a, a satanic phallic symbol on on some cupcakes or something because because we say so you have to. Right. I mean, they, they made the, the guy at Masterpiece Cake Shop actually write satanic messages. I mean, well, you've been told that he denied service to a, a gay couple. That's actually not true. That's a lie. He didn't want to write messages like there is no God or, you know, do something that's contrary to his faith. And and they, they want to make you submit. You know, it's not bake that cake. It's bake that cake and write what we say as part of your business. Or else the government comes down on you, right? Or else the government attacks you. And uh, then beyond that, you have the, the left telling us, oh, but now we want free market absolutism. Now, now we want there to be the destruction, uh, the destruction of conservatism through the principle that we, we've established power. We have an effective monopoly. And that's what's going to end up happening. Um, that's where they want to take this. So I would just say to you all, this is they're going to escalate. They don't they don't care that this attacks very fundamental free speech principles in this country. There's free speech as an issue of law. And then there's free speech as a cultural issue. There's free speech as something that we have in in society. And sure enough. What they're doing is the eradication of that culture and they're they're open about that. They're going for it. They are not held back at all by shared principle on this. So just understand that their plan is to make this much, much worse. Understand that their next steps in all of this are going to be to punish anyone who does not come to heal. And that's going to be a lot of us that could be. That could be me among them. And that's why you need to get ready for this and find ways to support the content and the voices out there that you like directly and not to rely on social media to find what people are saying and what they're up to. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. What can we do about it? I understand that's that's a question that we should all be asking right now. And I've been getting it a lot recently. People ask, what can we do about this? Um, the answer is, for one, I, I think we have to take stock of the fact that one of our one of our big problems with the Trump administration on the right. And, and people may not really enjoy hearing this, but everyone listening to this knows it's true. There was no internal criticism allowed of Trump from within the team. I don't mean never Trumper. Oh, I hate Trump stuff. I mean, hey, I really want the MAGA agenda to succeed. I want Trump to be a very, uh, a very effective president while in the Oval Office to follow through on the promises that he made to his voters. It would be better to that end if he did more of this or if he focused on this or if he stopped listening to and fill in a couple of very obvious blanks there. That was shut down. People who were uh, the the. The run-of-the-mill Trump supporter generally did not want to hear that stuff. And if you did that, 
I, I and I can tell you from personal experience, you got people saying, why? Why don't you really support our president? So what do you mean? Of course, I support our president. If a coach tells you you're throwing into double coverage too much, hit your tight end, you know, running across the middle. Is he playing for the other team or your team? You know, if he sees a couple of interceptions that happen and he tells the team, we got to go to the top. Is he playing for the other team or your team? We forgot this. There was a, it was a lack of willingness to push Trump in the right. And I'm going to tell you, I, I got I got tired of trying a few times and I probably should have kept pushing. But a lot of people would have just tuned it out, would have been mad at me. And I figured, OK, well, I'll focus on what I what I think is going well about the administration and try to try to hammer home those gains instead of looking at what's not going well and say that we need uh, more of a focus on this. But now here we are in a place where we've got nobody, um, nobody who is really in, a, in much of a position of authority in, in the political sense to do much about this at the federal level. And the Biden administration, remember, you're just seeing the private sector action right now, which is which is very powerful. But soon we'll be in a place where the actual political apparatus is taking this same approach. Soon we'll be in a place where the Biden administration is leveraging openly the big tech oligopolists and federal law to shut you down. What do we do about this? Well, uh, going back to what I mentioned before about bake that cake or else. And remember, it's not it wasn't bake the cake. It wasn't about not selling to people. It was about the message on a cake that is contrary to one's religious beliefs. That was that was really the heart of the issue. And the left Oh, and, and the same people, and I don't have to keep going with that analogy, the same people that want to make nuns pay for birth control, right? Sorry, nuns, you got to pay for birth control. That's not free market. So under what under what auspices? Well, what is the justification for making nuns buy birth control? It's public good. That's what Democrats say. It's, it's public good, public health. Sorry. So you have to do it. Well, isn't it for the public good to be able to have free and open political debate? Isn't it for the public good to have the Internet like the phone lines? I mean, imagine if the phone company was was privately owned in such a way that the Democrat owners in the weeks before an election could just shut off all shut off all phone service to every GOP outreach effort, every GOP campaign all across the country. That that would theoretically be private sector action, right? But no, we've established that there are utilities it's necessary for society to have phone lines as a as a a source of a free open communication for people to use. Right. The same way that, you know, we, we we've done that. We're going to have to approach more aspects of the Internet this way. And the, the only answer, friends, is regulation. If you think the answer is free market, well, get ready for the Democrats. And when I say free market, a kind of free market absolutism, you'll see the left use their built-in advantage right now to destroy the Republican Party. But we're not even going to be able to get our pants on and get out the door before they'll have complete online dominance that has been used to destroy the voices of opposition to the Biden administration. It's going to be all over. We're not going to be able to build our own Internet in the next, you know, the next two years. So there needs to be, uh, for one, just the kind of public outrage and at least put the Democrats on notice. We see what they're doing and it's disgusting beyond that, though, if you're looking for for action, you need to have at the state level. You need to have state governments 
that start to add in state legislatures have to add uh, Republicans as a protected status under law for things like, you know, doing doing transactions uh, for and with banks and, you know, online servers. And this is what, what Democrats have done. They've created this whole extra this whole all these extra layers of law that say that because for the good of society, you can't discriminate on the basis of race in public accommodations. For the good of society, you can't discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation and public accommodations. So what I'm saying is the, the only legal pathway that I can see here, and, and I'm not a lawyer, but I am somebody who reads all this stuff constantly and tries to understand what the options are in layman's terms. Uh, but the only the only pathway that I can see would be to start to add Republicans as at the state level, because I know we can't do we're not going to be able to do this at the federal level because we didn't take action on this for four years under Trump uh, would be to add. So in, in the state of Texas, for example, in the state of Florida, you could have you are not allowed to. And then and then that would lead to lawsuits, right? It would lead to lawsuits and more. But this is it. This is our only this is our only shot as I see it. You're going to have to force people to think twice, at least, because right now they don't think twice at all. They don't care what we think. That there's no sense whatsoever that we have to be uh, that, that they have to be careful about what they're doing. They can go around YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and just Google, which is, of course, the owner of YouTube um, and Amazon, which has a tremendous amount of cloud computing services that they that they do and, and servers. They can crush you without consequence because they don't like what you say. All this stuff about terms of service violations and and Trump and violence at the Capitol. That's why we're shutting people down. That's not true. OK, they're not shutting parlor down because it was a place where violence was planned any more so than violence has been planned by Antifa and BLM and many others on Twitter, on Facebook. These are communication platforms. Parler doesn't advocate for the violent overthrow of the government. Parler is not is not doing anything other than refusing to play the game the way the left wants it to, which means suppressing conservative speech at every opportunity. You know, I mean, I've been dealing with this. These companies are a nightmare and they don't care what you think. Facebook, YouTube, they suspend you. Instagram suspends you. Good luck. Good luck getting your account back. <laughs> if you do. It'll be after, you know, dozens of hours of of time filling out forms and on the phone and trying to reach a rep and all this other stuff. And meanwhile, the left, they got no problems. They run any ads they want, do anything they want, say whatever they want. They're not getting suspended. They're not getting they're not getting booted off these places. You can have right now you go. You can go and check it out for yourself. Yeah, there are uh, Iranian pro genocide against the Jewish state people. Uh, in the Iranian government who they have their, you know, the Ayatollah, I mean, they uh, or, uh, you know, the the Guardian Council, they have their Twitter account, the Iranian revolutionary regime, they have their Twitter account. Uh, So that's okay. Uh, You know, Putin, I mean, the Russians, there are the Chinese. With their with putting Uyghurs in concentration camps in in, uh, you know, Xinjiang province in, in western China, they they have their Twitter accounts. So this isn't about stopping human rights violations or violence. This is about suppressing conservatives. And this is uh, in a, a huge problem. And then there's the blacklists. You're already starting to see it. 
uh, you know, the Lincoln Project, which is really a, a bunch of sociopaths who are doing unbelievable damage to the country with the nonsense that they put forward. Uh, but they're they're now circulating lists. What they want to do is put out a very easy to read public shaming list of anybody who worked for the Trump administration so that they will not get jobs in corporate America. They will not be they'll effectively be unhirable. I mean, this is the most vicious kind of political retribution you can find short of advocating for violence. It's they're, they're not necessarily targeting you for violence yet if you work for Trump, although that has also happened, as we know. Um, but they're going to make sure that you can pay your bills, feed your family, have a career, pay your mortgage. You know, that's that's what you deserve if you worked for Trump. That's what they really believe. And this is increasingly widespread. There are these lists that are circulating. Um, my friends, they, they don't care. They really believe that if you support Trump, you've been a part of a coup attempt and that you must be supportive of white supremacist ideology. And the fact that 75 million Americans, including a lot of, as we know, an unprecedentedly high number of Latino and black voters compared to GOP norms voted for Trump. None of that matters. Not to the left. It's white supremacist support. It's a coup. It's fascism. It's the worst kinds of the worst kinds of uh, political malfeasance. And whatever they have to do to stop it, they feel entirely justified in doing. And if you and your livelihood and your freedom is a casualty of that, great. They don't to say they don't care is even correct. They celebrate it. They're happy when conservatives get booted off the Internet. They're happy when their opposition is, you know, this would be like if we were playing in a sports league. And and we think that they would want to they would want to meet us, let's say, on the actual playing field. No, what they want is to slash the tires of the bus for the opposing team so they can't even get to the match. That's how they're playing this. That's what they're doing now. They're slashing our tires. They're, uh, they're you know, setting up actual roadblocks and saying, sorry, we win by forfeit. We're in charge now. What this does to America, if it continues, I, I can't say. I don't know. I just know that it's terrible. And, and that the left is, this is a psychosis, it's disgusting, and there is no good faith. They're operating with no good faith whatsoever. They have decided that the worst elements of Trump support, which are a, a tiny, tiny fraction of those who actually voted for Trump and support President Trump, the, the absolute worst fringe elements, you know, the QAnon behind Trump, that's representative of all of us, therefore we all have to be uh, we all have to be purged. And this is the mentality. So be aware of it, understand it, and get ready for it. We are in this together, but it is going to be rough. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Articles of impeachment have been introduced in the House by Pelosi and the Democrats. They're charging Trump with incitement of insurrection. Now, based on the Senate schedule, this is this is all unlikely to result in the president's removal from office. But understand that what this is what this is doing is trying to get on the record. And that's it is getting it on the record that President Trump tried to incite a mob to overturn the election results. Now, the people who are comparing that Capitol Hill riot, and I just wonder also if anyone out there who 
when I immediately condemned this thing, which I think was an obvious move, I don't think there was any question that that was the right move. And, and I don't care if any, anyone's welcome to disagree with me. I think they're wrong. I, I does not. I will not be swayed on this. Um, I wonder if anybody, though, who, who disagree with me that this was going to result in a terrible backlash and that it was entirely counterproductive. They'll admit that I was right about that, too, which was also, I think, obvious. Uh, now, now you have Pelosi and the Democrats getting on the record that they're, they're alleging the president tried to steal an election using a mob and inciting a mob to violence at the U.S. Capitol. And if you see the video, and I, I'm not going to pretend like it's not there because people don't want to hear it. If you see the video at the Capitol of what was done to some of these police officers, every bit as grotesque and awful as what you've seen from the worst of Antifa, uh, you know, every bit as, as awful as what you've seen from many of these uh, BLM mobs. Now, there weren't assassins on behalf of BLM killing cops, which we've seen in other cases, but that's usually lo that's usually a, a lone wolf actor separate from the actual BLM mob that that tends to have been the case. Anyway, point here is that you see the video of the way the mob was treating these cops, and it's a disgrace. Uh, there was nothing. Those cops were doing their jobs. They weren't posing. A, they weren't posing some illegal threat to law abiding citizens. Shouldn't have happened. And now Pelosi and the Democrats are going to leverage this whole thing to the hilt. They, they want a totally open pathway to Democrat to the Democrat agenda in 2021. And they want to make it so the Republican Party is is a party that is wounded beyond repair. And this is their biggest opening for this. If Trump, if this had not happened, if we had not had the Capitol Hill riot, they still would have been doing. Don't don't make don't uh, misunderstand me. They're not. It's not like the Democrats were going to be good and fair minded. And uh, but we would have been in a much stronger position. I mean, Trump would have been out of office and been able to mobilize people from you know, from private life, essentially, in order to be in opposition to Biden. And we would have had a midterm in two years, would have been here before you know it. There was a lot that could have happened. This makes all of that much more difficult. And that's what Pelosi understands, which is why she's going forward with these articles of impeachment. How could anyone think that this would help the country? As if the way we, we are at a particularly tense moment, a truly concerning moment. And we're, we're to believe uh, we're to believe that the Democrats think this will make things better somehow. That's that's just nonsensical. Removing President Trump through this kind of mechanism will only result in in, in further exacerbation of tensions. What will only result in even more uh, sense of outrage that the that the votes of Trump supporters don't count. And they really want to do this to erase the 2016 election. The whole thing was a mistake. None of it mattered. It didn't count. That's why Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats want this so badly. They view this as a, a way to completely repudiate all things Trump. And, and I'm, I'm honest with you. A lot of other people aren't. The Trump brand is greatly damaged right now. That, that is just a fact. Um, the, the, the political power that it would have had as opposition to Biden right now is substantially less than it would have been because of what we have seen but and because of what has happened. But this would just tear the country apart. Trump is going to be gone in, what is it, uh, nine days or so? Yeah, nine days. Trump is going to be gone pretty soon from office. 
you're going to try to kick, you know, if he's already walking out the door, why kick him in the behind? You know why? Why do that? Because it's spiteful and it's vindictive. And that's what Pelosi and the Democrats want. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where do we go from here? What do we do next to fight back against the purge? And, and what is also the next step for, for MAGA in all of this? Is that even a phrase we're going to be hearing in the months ahead? We've got our friend John Cardillo back with us, formerly of the NYPD, now a conservative commentator, radio host, and a TV guy. John, great to have you back. Always good to be with you, Buck. Crazy week, though. So, so John, I've been saying that we were facing a purge, and I knew that they would eventually come after these conservative platforms. I didn't know that it would happen I'll, I'll say this. They've they've exceeded my expectations. The Democrats have for concerted vindictiveness. What what do you see going on here? Oh, oh, this is they, they want us eradicated. I mean, they're, they're not going to accept anything less than than total subservience. And they're vocal about it. All you got to do is read their uh, their social media postings. They want us to either surrender. And in some cases, they're using words like a cleansing Others are being extreme. They're calling for death to conservatives. And then so I don't I don't see this getting better anytime soon. And I just wish Donald Trump would have used some of his presidential power and prosecuted some of these people over the last four years or, or installed an attorney general that would have. These are dark days ahead for the right. What do you think we can do about this? I mean, I, people are asking me that, that question and I I come up with state level adding conservatives as a protected category the same way you'd have people with yeah. people with disabilities and gender discrimination and things like that I, I i don't i don't see another way because i i know the mentality as do you of of the left and especially at these silicon valley companies where they on they know how much power they have and the people when you talk to them on the inside they'll tell you you know some of them will sort of whisper to you because they're terrified too they'll say we can do whatever we want Right. They've got armies of, of the of the best lawyers, yep. endless capital and funds to do what they want. And anyone who stands against them, they can crush before they even get any momentum. So do you think do you think that state level action? And when I say it's the answer, is that a necessary step? What, what are the steps that we have? Yeah, it absolutely is. And remember, they've also got government affairs people everywhere, federal, state, local. But. Here's the one thing that everybody's missing in the, in the discourse on social media, rather, when they're saying, oh, my God, we're screwed as conservatives. They took our social media platform away. Local elections and state legislative elections have been worked around the electoral process for years, going back as a teenager knocking on doors, still tend to be grassroots. They're not as dependent on social media. We need strong America first candidates running for district attorney, running for supervisor of elections, running for secretary of state, running for state legislature, because they have so much power. And most of those are grassroots campaigns. They're not dependent on social media. Yeah, Facebook to a point. But Facebook's really not going to crack down too hard on what they perceive right now to be insignificant state legislative races, which if we put the right candidates in, we run them correctly, we win, and we weaponize those offices like Democrats do. Well, when Facebook finally catches on on the other platforms, it'll be too late because we'll at least have some a bill, some laws in these states with teeth. So right now, we should not be focusing on 22 federally, and we should be focusing on it. But our real effort needs to be at the state and local level to call these people to task and also 
to secure that federal vote in 22. We can do all these things culturally. We can shift uh, uh, ideologies. We can drive people to the polls. But if you can't protect the vote because you have the secretary of state, the DA, or the supervisor of elections, what good is it all? So that's where we need to focus, find the right candidates. John, what do you think is going to happen here over the next uh, week and a couple of days? Pelosi has introduced articles of impeachment against the president. There's a lot of stories, and I'll tell you, they're not... They're not making up the 25th Amendment stuff because I've heard it from other people that at least there are that is, that has been discussed by different people at high levels in, in D.C., whether they're for it or against it. It is. I know it is being talked about by some people. Uh, what what do you think happens here? And, and what would it what would it mean if they were able to remove this president before he left? Well, it's very real because a verified uh, uh, political account, I forget who it was. I just retweeted how insane it was, said they're giving Mike Pence until Wednesday. They've given Mike, think about this. Congress has breached separation of powers and is now threatening the vice president of the United States. They're giving him an ultimatum that if he doesn't invoke the 25th Amendment by Wednesday, they're moving forward with articles of impeachment. This is disgraceful. So that talk is very real. Now your congressional far left blue check Twitter accounts are tweeting, yep, we are giving the ultimatum. Speaker Pelosi's doing it. I think they removed Donald Trump before. And I was very critical of the president this morning for not fighting, very frustrated with him. So I'm not being the Trump cheerleader today. But you remove Donald Trump before his term, because let's face it, up the 25th Amendment, you and I have spoken about this, says the president can't discharge his duties. There's no indication that Trump's unable to discharge the duties of the office. There's no grounds for the 25th. So Pelosi's throwing a tantrum saying, well, Mike Pence, if you don't want to violate the Constitution and do this, I'm going to violate the Constitution with a sham impeachment and do that and getting a complete pass on it from the media. I think if they do that, it's going to make what happened at the Capitol Wednesday look like child's play. There are a lot of upset people in this country and the Democrats are just pushing them harder. This is the what really we're speaking to John Cardillo, former NYPD, and he's a conservative commentator. You all know him from this show as well as others. Uh, John, you know, I I, people are starting to I, I see some pretty bleak stuff circulating on the internet these days about what yeah. you know I, I i'm hoping that it's just it's just bluster i really do i, I hope that it's people that are just venting and saying stuff yeah. but if the president is removed at this stage it does seem it does seem like that crosses an additional line he's going there's no no one that i know and think and has has any credibility is saying other anything other than in nine days donald trump will not be the president of the United States anymore to get rid of him now for a lot of people would seem like a, a a crossing of a line that shows what's coming beyond. Right. So I think people may almost view whatever they do next as preemptive action, because look, the Democrats have been talking about treason and and sedition and a stolen election for four years and and, and help create this climate right. of quite honestly, a, a climate of political hysteria that I'm I'm worried about right now. And, and I'm not somebody who are, you know, when when Trump initially lost the election, I was saying, all right, we got we got to find out. I mean, this looks fishy. We got to find out about if there's any voter fraud or whatever. But I, and now I know we've lost the Senate, so it's even worse than, than it was at that time. But I was thinking, OK, we rally, we come together, we do what we can. If they pull Trump out of office with nine days left to go, I just feel like. I don't know what happens. I just know that it's really bad. Yeah, I mean, look, all of these crazy conspiracy theories, Buck, that there's some 
you know, intel nuke dropping and, and there's these mass arrests and the Kraken is popping out of the Potomac to rescue. It's all crazy. Donald Trump is going to be leaving the White House on the 20th of January. Joe Biden's going to be entering after his inauguration. So it is mind-blowingly dumb, petty and vindictive that the Democrats are even going down this road. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they don't even mention that additional 1400 bucks in stimulus money to struggling Americans that was so important before the Georgia runoff. They're not even talking about that 1400 bucks. They are now solely focused on the final nails in Trump's political coffin. It just shows you where the Democrats' priorities lie. It's not with the American people. Uh, John, I, I want to switch gears to the vaccine rollout. I know you're you're a New York guy, but you've made the very yeah. bright move of going down to sunny Florida years and years ago, and, and now that looks certainly very prescient. Yeah. And I, I, in a matter of time, I may be joining you down there. Uh, but <laughs> the, I mean, just because the, the flight, New, New York and San Francisco right now, I keep saying this to everybody as cities to live in. The value proposition is not good. It's just not good. And and that's it's getting worse. The more people see the, the leadership failures here. I mean, Governor Cuomo, it has taken the, the vaccine rollout has been abominable and people want to blame the federal government. It is this was a state and local issue. They, it was handed to state and local. They are given vaccine and told, get this to your people. That's the way this has happened. State and local right. should be the, you know, the tip right. of the spear on this. They have not been able to get it done. Interestingly enough, West Virginia has done a really good job. Maryland, by contrast, has been has been t- awful at this. I mean, like 25 percent of their vaccine was actually distributed until recently. And, and in New York, they threw out vaccine in, in cases. This has been established instead of giving it to people because of the Cuomo rule, which rules, which he's now uh, adjusting. But how is it possible to be so dumb, John, and be in such a such a prominent position in a large and serious state like New York? I'm almost running out of ways to describe this guy's buffoonery. Yeah, I think I think he loves power. I think he's a guy who loves power and he gets off on more rules on top of more rules on top of more bureaucracy on top of more layers. The most inefficient way to run anything. Look. You've got people that are conspiratorial. I'm not saying this is all planned, right? They're, they're going to start uh, releasing this vaccine en masse the you know, second after Biden's inaugurated and credit him with it. Do I think that's the case? No. And I'll tell you why. Having worked for the New York City Police Department, having lived in New York, having seen how New York politics and government operates, it really is that inefficient. That staff with civil servant bureaucrats who can't lose their jobs, who are completely incompetent and ignorant, And I think we're just seeing a byproduct of that. Cuomo grew that incompetent, ignorant, inefficient government even larger. And this is the end result. John, I I also am seeing that that people are finally recognizing the same government officials, the same government health experts and everything else who are the ones determining the duration of of lockdowns are the ones who have been unable to figure out how to distribute this vaccine. And it's interesting to me because, you know, Cuomo tweeted out because, you know, he still has his Twitter account. He tweeted out this morning, we simply right. cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. People like you and me have been saying this for months, and we were always shouted down with, you just want grandma to die so you can get a haircut. You're putting profit over lives. And yep. now we're looking around saying, okay, jackasses we've done the lockdowns the mask maniacs and the lockdowners have gotten their way 
it's clearly not working in California, in New York, in a number of states, even the most extreme lockdowns we've gone to. And so now all of a sudden it's, yeah, maybe destroying millions of people's livelihoods for an, an untested and, and reckless plan of lockdown wasn't such a good idea, John. Now even the Democrats are starting, but they'll never admit that that's how they came to this, right? They're going to say, oh, no, the data has changed now. No, it actually hasn't. We just know they were wrong. Yeah, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, I, my favorite was when I put up a picture of uh, me having dinner with a martini in Florida saying how it was open. Somebody responded, your martini killed my grandmother. Later found out the guy's grandparents are alive and well. God bless them. But uh, anyway, the, the look, look up in New York and California, did Buck. They locked down. Their cases skyrocketed. Commerce and industry was devastated. They locked down more. They destroyed more businesses, more lives, both from locking down in terms of COVID and, and businesses that went out of business. We haven't even tallied. We haven't even tallied yet the true cost in terms of opioid addiction, other drug addiction, suicide, people who lost everything. We haven't even looked at those numbers yet. They're going to make the COVID numbers, I believe, pale in comparison. But you nailed it. This was all about hatred of conservatives, hatred of Trump. Hatred of, of public figures like you and I, who all contradicted their narrative. They couldn't bring themselves to say, hey, we were wrong. Let's do what's best for everybody. Nope. They had to be proven right at the expense. I mean, it is it is so infuriating what they did. I, I, I hear from the business owners. All you got to do is watch the Barstool Sports videos when he gives these people those grants and how these people were so desperate. They were losing everything. The politicians who watch that, and aren't moved to act, especially on the left, they're disgraceful. Every last one of them needs to be primaried and voted out of office. John Cardillo, everybody, follow him on social media while you still can. Uh, John, we got to start talking about creating <laughs> lifeboats, my man. So this audience can, unfortunately, we got we got radio, we got podcasts still for now, uh, but we got to make sure that there's a lot of ways to reach this audience. So follow John Cardillo, folks, if you're not already, Facebook and Twitter. And John, thanks as, thanks as always. You got it, my man. Thanks, Buck. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. You broke all that. We know that. I'm saying Q tells us stuff in all of its lies is what I'm saying. You keep, you keep interrupting me. Because you're lying. Because you're full of That's why. Because every God thing, God thing out of your people's mouths doesn't come true. And it's always, oh, there's energy. And oh, now we're done with Trump. You said he was the Messiah. You said he was invincible. You said it was all over. They were all going to get Mo. Now, oh, he's part of a larger thing of Q. I will not suffer your Q people after this. I knew what you were day one. And I know what you are now, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all these witches and warlocks and pumpkin popsums and everything. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Bye box you. I can't talk to you anymore. Jesus, Lord, help me. I mean, when Alex Jones has had enough, there's real people have really gone too far. I'm, let's just say it. Let's just tell it like it is. He doesn't want to hear any of the Q stuff anymore. And I, I don't follow that guy's work, but we all know a bit about who he is. Buck Sexton. I don't follow his work. I, got, I hate that guy. He's worse. He's terrible. He's a bad guy. CIA plant taking over conservative media. Yeah, well, he, he's right about, about the Q stuff. So at least in that, in that soundbite, I don't know about in general. So there it is, folks. It's uh, enough. Enough is enough. Um, there is no plan. There is no cracking. There is no... There is no grand the, the conspiracy. There is a grand conspiracy 
And it's to keep using people that believe in these nonsense conspiracies as the justification for social media companies to deplatform, cancel, and destroy conservatives. That's the conspiracy. Forget all this other stuff. There's no lizard people. There's no Kraken. There's, there's not some international, you know, Bilderberg with the Queen of England. No, no. It's the conspiracy is Google and Facebook and Twitter and Amazon looking at the lunatics who either attack cops in the name of the right or who believe in, in all this insane stuff as a justification to shut down people like you and me who just want a constitutional rule of law government that respects Americans' rights and puts the interests of the American people ahead of you know international conglomerates and the, and the, the globalists, and that's it. You know, we want to be left alone. We want to be able to live our lives, be safe, you know, live in safe neighborhoods, uh, you know, not not have the government forcing us into into near penury. I mean, that that would be nice, but no. And you know, we have lockdowns. We have real destruction of rights and freedoms. But people were also focused, uh, way too focused on on Trump was going to save the day, uh, friends. I, I respect you, and that's why I tell you he did not, and he will not. And that's where we are now. We need to understand that. So it's on, it's on you and me now. All those of you, the, the huge numbers of you listening all across the country right now, it's on us to fix all of this. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dan Bongino has been a leader in trying to help build conservative platforms that people like me and and pretty much every other conservative voice out there that that all of you listening are are familiar with, want to hear more from. It's because of people like Dan who are leading the charge on this that we've had those opportunities and trying to build and trying to make a conservative media where we're not just all looking at each other fighting over a tiny island. We're actually expanding and building out. Well, as you know, Parler has come under direct assault by the tech titans, the tech oligarchs. And Dan Bongino is with us now to explain exactly what's going on. He is. Well, Dan, first of all, thank you for joining. You all know he's the host of the Dan Bongino show. Dan, what's your relationship with Parler? So everybody understands this. Uh, I'm an investor, so I I own um, roughly eight percent of the company with uh, three others. And uh Listen, we're under a withering assault. Uh, you know, the, 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 what's happening in front of the media, in front of everyone else, is about a quarter of the story. And, and you may say to yourself, well, what's happening? I don't know. You know, maybe people have been busy this week and have missed it. It's certainly possible. I doubt it. But uh, we are a social media alternative to Twitter. We were the fastest growing and I believe largest uh, free market competitor uh, to Twitter. So that was before the free market dissipated this weekend. Uh, we had about 20 million users. We were exploding. We were adding about 500,000 new users a day um, in Amazon, Apple and Google. And what appears to be a coordinated effort effectively wiped out parlor.com, uh, wiped out our servers, took us down off the Web, took us down off the app stores and everything else. Now, we'll be back. I want to be crystal clear. We'll be back up hopefully by uh, tomorrow, maybe the next day at the worst by the end of the week at parlor.com. But um it's they, they basically wiped the company off the face of the earth uh, because they felt like it. There were no principles behind this at all. And behind the scenes, it was even worse. We had basically every significant vendor we have 
uh, just canceled on us at the same time. Some of them leaving really damaging conditions that they're going to have to answer for uh, in, in their wake. What 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 do you mean? Give us get to the specifics to, to the degree you can, Dan. I know there's probably some you know sensitivities and limitations here. But when you say yeah. other vendors, because we've all we all know about the, the tech oligarchs. But I mean, you have legal, you have other people that are that are you're you're working with on a professional basis who just said we won't take the heat. Um, yes, lawyers quit. We've had uh, under pressure, of course, we've had lawyers quit. Uh, we've had tech companies quit that are smaller than Amazon and Google, but significant in and of themselves. Um, one of them was an SMS provider. One of the benefits of being on Parler is we don't mind your data. So we don't sell you. You're not a commodity on Parler. Uh, we don't mind your data. We have no way to mind your data on Parler. So Buck Sexton posts something and then the keywords are uh, whatever, you know, medication for blood pressure. And you say, hey, I'm blood Buck Sexton. I'm on medication for blood pressure, which you're not. But I'm just saying uh, we don't sell that to companies that sell blood pressure medication. We don't. We don't mine your data. One of the casualties of that business wise, which is fine. That's our business model. That's what we choose is, you know, we have no way to authenticate you because we don't have a data mine to see if you are, in fact, a real person. So we asked for a phone number. That's why. And some people don't like that. Um, but we asked for a phone number to authenticate who you are um, or an email address in some circumstances. Well, one of the companies involved with the authentic authentication of the phone number, which ironically would have made it easier, just abruptly canceled on us and left the horror show in their way. Um, again, that's why I say like behind the scenes, the story's 10 times worse than it even is in front of the cameras about what happened at Parler. And I want to be crystal clear to anybody thinks and any other social media companies out there um, who think this can't happen to them, not only can it happen, it will happen to you. Um, and, and if you think it's just a matter of, oh, well, I've got my own servers and everything else, I'm, I'm sorry to break your delusion, but the left is already preparing to come after ISPs, internet service providers, to make sure your website's blocked. It doesn't, you be on your own server, that's the only place you're gonna be. So again, all these companies out there, you know, are good, good for you. I mean, we're all about the competition and everything. But everybody's celebrating the fact that they think they built a fortress. If you think you're going to somehow fortress your way out of this and not fight back legally and, and get these companies sued and broken up and get Section 230 rewritten in a way fair to everyone, you're insane. You're out of your mind. There's no way to fortress yourself off from the totalitarians ever. And there's never been a way to do that throughout human history. We're speaking you to Dan Bongino. To He's the host of the Dan Bongino Show, and he is a, a, a partial owner of Parler. And, and I hope everybody, especially when Parler.com is back up on, on the web, at least, I know there's going to be other hurdles to this, but on Parler.com on the web, people should sign up, get an account and be able to follow, follow Dan, follow me. Um, Dan, what is the explanation? I mean, are, are you in contact or are, are Parler representatives in contact with Amazon, with with, you know, uh, Facebook and, the, and these companies about what the, what's their justification for this or is it just? A fiat. They don't even try to justify it. Well, they 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 do try to justify it, but their justification is laughable because they're pretending to apply a standard. The standard is this. What they're basically saying is, hey, listen, uh, we don't like the fact that some content on your website uh, we deem violent, which, by the way, we don't like either. And we have terms of service against that. So what what's happening is companies that specialize in boycotts um, on, on Twitter and elsewhere, leftist companies or people, I, I shouldn't say companies, but people specialize in boycotts, are screenshotting every piece of material you see on Parler um, that may violate our terms of service or rules that's violent, and they're sending it to Apple and elsewhere. 
And you may say, well, that sounds fair. If violent content's appearing on your site, um, then you, in fact, should be taken down. You, you sure about that? You sure you want uh, – listen, violent content is against their terms of service. But that same violent content appears on Twitter and Facebook. You want to know why? Because they're deemed platforms by the government. Platforms, not publishers. If you openly advocate for violence in the New York Times, they are, in fact, a publisher. The New York Times can be sued. They, they, they surveil their material before it goes out, edit it, and put it in a paper. We are not a publisher. We are a platform. We do not surveil our users. There is simply no way humanly possible that Twitter, Facebook, Parler, or anyone else on a platform, not a publication, can possibly remove preemptively before it makes it onto the website any content that violates their terms of service. It is not possible. It is possible to remove it after it's reported, and it's possible to remove it after some of our jurors, we have a jury system in Parler, but it is absolutely impossible. And anyone telling you otherwise is simply lying to you. The rules have not been applied evenly to Facebook, Twitter, and us. They just came after us because they think it's a conservative company. That's the only reason. Dan, what can and people listening to this? There, we're all asking this question because um, you know I, I've been I've been advocating for a long time, especially this year for because I, I saw this coming. Not that the way it's happened, but I knew that you know, the big tech censorship was getting worse and worse. I'm sure you've been dealing with you know, demonetization on YouTube. And de- you know, they, they do, they play these, these nonsense games, these tech companies all the time, and it's always against conservatives, and it's always just meant to, to hurt our side. And they pretend that, as you said, they're applying rules, but the rules are totally uneven. What do we do now, right? I mean, the Democrats are about to take power across the board in the federal government. What can we do? There's an excellent article I read, and forgive me, I can't remember. It was about a week ago. This has been a rough weekend. I'm going through a medical thing right now, and there's just a lot going on in my life. But I don't know if it was at American Mind or American Greatness or whatever. But the article was asking exactly this question, Buck. Well, how do we fight back? The time for you know chatting about fighting back is, is over. We actually have to take process-oriented, sound, legal, and other mechanisms, strategic mechanisms forward to preserve the right to speak freely. Well, one of the things we can do that the left has been doing to us for decades is we have to start imposing actual financial losses on the left, something you just mentioned, whether you knew it or not, uh, they were implied by your comment. They've learned to demonetize people on YouTube. In other words, to impose financial losses on you, me and everyone else, boycott people, do whatever they may do. Well, it's time for us to return the favor. Keep in mind, I'm suggesting process, not chaos. Why are you on Amazon anymore? You have to ask yourself that Amazon, which randomly just decided to wipe us off the Internet this weekend. Why? It's not about us. I've asked myself this question. To be fair, I was on Amazon up to last week. I would use a prime account once in a while, buy stuff. Why are we doing that? Why are we on? Why are we posting on Twitter? Listen, I, I get it. This is not for everyone. But pick a platform, either Facebook or Twitter, and stop posting. I'm not even asking you to deactivate your account. Just stop posting. Pick one or the other because you may say, well, I don't want my voice to be silenced. I've got a show. Fine. Pick one. I'm off Twitter. I mean, pick one or the other and just stop posting. Just stop. watch their daily active users collapse and them have to answer to their shareholders or answer their publicly traded companies. We have to impose real financial laws. Why are we buying Apple products? I have an iPhone. It's my last one. Why are we doing this? These companies hate us. They're using the proceeds from our wallets to finance attacks against our ability to speak. And we're financing it. Why are we watching videos on YouTube? Just go to Rumble. And disclosure, I have a financial stake and I'm an investor there too. That has nothing to do with what I'm telling you. Watch it on Rumble. Watch it anywhere else other than YouTube. I don't care. That doesn't discriminate. 
but we have to impose real financial losses. And until we do that, this argument is entirely BS and academic. Dan, we also just want to say uh, thoughts and prayers to you, man. We know you've been in, in a fight for your health recently, and we know you're going to win, but I, I know it's a struggle, Thank and you. uh, you're going through a lot, and you're carrying a heavy burden. But everybody listening to this appreciates, and me at, at the top of the list, appreciates what you're doing and backs you, you up 100%, and, and we want to help however we can. Well, can I say one more thing, please? Parlor will be back up by the end of the week, maybe in a couple of days. Please, I'm begging you, go to parlor.com. It's P-A-R-L-E-R, not O-R. Please, and just open up an account. We need your help. It's not if we go down, everybody's going down, and we can't do it alone. I can't be a man on an island here. We need help. Parler.com, everybody. P-A-R-L-E-R.com. Set up an account. You can follow people. You don't have to post, but a lot of your favorite people are already there. Dan and me among them. Dan, God bless, man. Thanks for your time today, and good luck in this fight. Thanks, Buck. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. We came close to half of the House nearly dying on Wednesday. And if a foreign head of state, if another head of state came in and ordered an attack on the United States Congress, would we say that that should not be prosecuted? Should we would we say that there should be absolutely no response to that? No. It is an act of insurrection. It's an act of hostility. And we must have accountability because without it, it will happen again. I, I've got to say, as much as I'm willing to and have very strongly condemned the Capitol riot, and, and I, this is not a, I'm not pretending this is a hard or brave call. It's an obvious call. OK, the, the Capitol riot was was a was an awful disaster top to bottom. It should not have happened. It was a bad thing. And by the people, if, if that makes people angry that they don't want to listen to me anymore, that I mean, that's that's fine. That's that's, you know, that's their choice. Um, but what AOC is saying here is also just it's just outrageous. I mean, that there were they did not come close to half of the people, half of the members. Like she means the Democrats. There was no mass slaughter of Democrats planned by by this this angry mob. Uh, there was very, very stupid and reckless and illegal stuff done. But understand, they're going to use this now in every way that they can for a much broader campaign of suppression, which is what while this was happening, I I shared on Twitter. I said, if you if anyone who doesn't see how this is going to backfire on the entirety of the right, including people who are law abiding and have done nothing wrong, is just is just not paying attention, just doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. Uh, this is this is disastrous for us and people like AOC. You're going to have a lot of a lot of demagogues on the left who are going to take this position that it was, you know, that Trump directly ordered it. I know he did not. He said peacefully. He said peacefully in the speech. But they're going to try to they're already trying to rewrite this history in a way that's going to make it very difficult for us to win this argument. They don't care that they they think that lying about this, they think that exaggerating what happened, which is not to, to, to say it's exaggerate. They're exaggerating doesn't mean that it wasn't it wasn't bad or it wasn't uh, something that should be condemned. But the way that they're going to uh, exploit this by making it even worse than it was is something we all need to be prepared for and fight back against. Here we have uh, Schwarzenegger comparing this to 
Crystal Knock. This is Crystal Knock. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Play six. As an immigrant to this country, I would like to say a few words to my fellow Americans, to our friends around the world about the events of recent days. Now, I grew up in Austria. I'm very aware of Kristallnacht, or the night of broken glass. It was a night of rampage against the Jews carried out in 1938 at the Nazi equivalent of the Proud Boys. Wednesday was the day of broken glass right here in the United States. The broken glass was in the windows of the United States Capitol. But the mob did not just shatter the windows of the Capitol. They shattered the ideals we took for granted. They did not just break down the doors of the building that housed American democracy. They trampled the very principles on which our country was founded. Now, it was bad. It was not Kristallnacht. And it's it's really a stupid comparison. It's also a stupid comparison to say that the Proud Boys are like the, I assume he's referring to the brown shirts of the Nazis, who were involved in large-scale violence against innocents uh, cons- uh, with concerted power from the state, of course, as well. Kristallnacht, you had uh, hundreds of people uh, killed. You had uh, mass destruction of property and businesses. I mean, Christ- Kristallnacht was the beginning of the great Nazi terror. And to say that people running into the Capitol building and doing what they did is is equivalent to that. Again, this is a false equivalency. It's not it's not there. It's not as as uh, serious an issue. And it's also not this not a similar. They're not a similar ideology, but I'm, I'm playing this for you. I, I know it's frustrating to hear it because you understand that these are these are exaggerated and and slo- intentionally sloppy comparisons. This is what is being said all across America by the corporate media right now. This is the narrative is not OK. It was a protest that got out of hand and there were some you know idiots that did something really bad. And if you attacked a cop, you should you know, if you attacked a cop or broke the law here, people should pay the price. We either believe in laws or we don't. They're taking this as we knew they would and going even further with it. They're saying that this was an attempted coup, an insurrection, that this is is uh, essentially an effort to overthrow our very system of government and seize power like the Nazis. Uh, And uh, now remember, the Nazis, all the Nazis, as they would also point out, were there was one Democratic election that involved the Nazis, but they were using brown shirts to intimidate people and all these other things. Has has Schwarzenegger, speaking of brown shirts, has Schwarzenegger ever condemned Antifa as the action arm of the DNC and the Democrat Party? Because they were in New York City over the weekend Dress for battle this weekend, looking like they were they were trying to intimidate people ready for a fight. But that somehow is not, you know, they're oh, because they call themselves anti-fascist. No, they are actually fascists. But Schwarzenegger will never speak out against them, will he? The double standards here are mind blowing. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Uh, and I think for him not to come is is, the, uh, is an ultimate insult. You know, there are a lot of people who can be glad he's not there uh, because he would distract a lot of attention. It would be a lot about the Biden-Trump dynamic on the yeah. on stage, and we'll be spared that at least. But nonetheless, this is wrong. Um, and if we're going to heal the country, uh, we have to. Trump has to play a part in that and bring his base around and to say we're going to be part of the normal politics. And when we lose, we lose. But we'll try to take it back next time. I just it would be so much better for the country. I think this is, you know, he's just so insulting in so many ways yeah. uh, and such a crybaby. It's just uh, disgusting. There's gurgling, gurgling. I'm seeing it. You know, Nixon, Reagan, Ford, and, you know, presidents. And... All right, we get it. You guys don't, we, you really don't want Trump uh, to be around anymore, and he's not going to the inauguration. You're happy about that, but you're still going to bash him. So they're happy he's not going to the inauguration, but they're still going to bash him. Or oh, breaking president, Reagan, and Ford. And... Uh, we haven't done, I just, I haven't heard from Gurgling Gurgan in a while there, so I figured we'd. We'd bring him on, bring him into the mix. Old guy on CNN, you know, listen to me and talking about all of them. That's good. That's great stuff. Okay. Um, but I understand that one of the big things you're going to see from now on is who they can make an example of that worked for Trump. Uh, they're going to go after not just Trump, but the people around him who, until this Capitol Hill incident, I think we're going to be in a pretty good position to yes, to get to get jobs in corporate America and you know strategic communications roles and these kinds of things, it is going to be harder for them after this. Um, now I know there are other bigger problems the country faces, but they do things like this. They they take action against people that affects them professionally because of the force multiplier effect it has for their messaging. What this is meant to do is, if you work for somebody like a Trump going forward, you too will be blocked from uh, corporate level jobs or cor corporate jobs that, that pay you well. You, too, will suffer financial consequences for the crime of working in a Republican administration or at least a Republican administration that challenges the establishment and, and goes against the conventional wisdom of the elites and the, uh, the left wing apparatus around them that they control. So that's important. They're also going to do this usual thing of, oh, my gosh, look at some of the Republicans who are no longer Republicans. That's why they're putting forward Colin Powell now. Or else was, oh, no, we've lost Colin Powell. What are we going to do if he's not if he doesn't like Trump and he doesn't like the Republicans anymore? Oh, no. Play 16. I would hope that the Republican Party, as they're moving away from this fellow who's no longer the president, I hope they would not let him back into the camp. So he can demonstrate or say that, oh, I'm still here. I'm going to do it all. No, you're not. You're out and act like you're out. Go to Florida, go to wherever else you want to go. But Joe Biden is the president of the United States and the party has to follow his lead and the lead of the vice president uh, and get moving on and restore ourselves and not go down a bad tube. And what we have to do is persuade Mr. Trump and those who have followed him all these years that you need to take another look. You need to really start working in terms of what's best for our country, not what's best for Mr. Trump. He's been serving himself for all these years, these four years and before that. Uh, and this is the time for us to move away and get back to being 
good Republicans, but more importantly, just good Republicans, good citizens that work with other citizens of other of other uh, presidential uh, and other ambitions. Colin Powell, I can no longer call myself a Republican. GOP officials need to act like real Americans. That's what he says there. Colin Powell voted for Obama twice and Hillary in 2016. So holding him up as the Republican that we're all supposed to pay attention to uh, that. Yeah, that I that I don't think is going to get all get all that far. I don't think that's really going to make a whole lot of difference. What about some of the other people? You've had resignations. You've had Betsy DeVos resign. You've had others who are leaving. Um, Chris Wallace, for example, is out there and uh, he's he's not a Trump person. Of course, he's a a Democrat who has the perch of a platform at Fox News. And he sat down with Mick Mulvaney, who had been the acting chief of staff and was OMB or budget director. And he posed this. Name. You're going to have a lot of this now. You know, do you feel responsible for the bad things that we said that 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 Trump did? Play 23. Do you feel any responsibility? You were chief of staff for more than a year. Do you feel any responsibility for enabling Donald Trump? Yeah, I feel a lot of emotions this week. I was I was shocked. I was angered. I was sad. I was embarrassed. I, I was frustrated. Um, and I, I still am trying to figure out um, what I could have done differently. If anything, I've been out of the White House now for eight months. What I do know, Chris, is is, is there are things that are different. When, when we saw the president, I wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal six weeks ago saying that I thought the president would leave uh, in a presidential manner. I, I really did believe that at the time. The stories I told to back that up were true. I've seen the president be presidential before, and I know that he has the ability to do it. He did it every single day. I don't know what's different, if it's different about him now, if it's different about his advisors. So he's basically taking the, oh, Trump changed approach. Now, I can tell you this. Maybe Mick Mulvaney really thinks that's what happened. Maybe Mick Mulvaney really believes that. That's not going to be enough to placate the the uh, Democrats. Let's just understand. Let's all be very clear about this. Oh, but they, you know, oh, oh, but they they don't understand. Trump is a different guy now or, you know, nope, that is absolutely not going to be sufficient to avoid the same kind of punishment and repudiation and ostracization. Ostracizing is a word. I think ostracization might be a word, but being ostracized. Um, producer Mark, is ostracization a word? Did I just, it sounds like I'm talking about the bird or something, like making someone, you know what I'm talking Is ostracization, let me, let me see. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm I'll checking. Figure. Okay. Um, I know ostracism is, oh, yes, it is ostracization. Look at that. It is, yeah. Producer Mark, isn't it fun? We learn new things together every day. Well, you learn something new every day, Buck. You know, you, li- you live and learn. And knowing is half the battle. Do you even know what that's from, by the way? You, you young whippersnappers like producer Mark, do you know what knowing is half the battle comes from? I've definitely heard the phrase, but I don't know its origin. It's what they said at the end of the G.I. Joe cartoons. And, you know, America was America when kids grew up watching G.I. Joe cartoons. I don't know what's even happened now. We're all watching like little, you know, Hello Kitty and Teletubbies and stuff. It's crazy what's happened out there, producer Mark. It's crazy. Yeah, I couldn't name a current cartoon unless some of the ones I used to watch are still around, but who knows? You know what I just found out recently, too? You know what the single most watched music video on YouTube of all time is with with billions of views? 
It is not Despacito, which I thought might be the one. Um, it's not Despacito. It's uh, something quite different from Despacito. Do you know what it is? It's either Taylor Swift or Bieber. That's my guess. Good, good guesses. They're both like top ten, I think. Baby Shark. Ugh, that's even worse. Ba- you know what? I was actually going to start doing my version of singing it, but I don't want, I don't want to hurt the team right now by getting that stuck in their heads. No. Because if I sing it one time, even talking about it may get the Baby Shark st- yeah, song that's stuck what in I was their head. All you had to do was say the name of the song, and it's already stuck in my head. It's already stuck in my head. So I, I feel like maybe I should make everybody else have to go through the same nonsense that I am right now. But that it's almost like that was scientifically designed in a lab to bounce around inside your brain no matter how much you want it to stop. So that is the single most watched YouTube video of uh, of all time. So there there we go. All right, we're we're going to get into a a roll call coming up here in a second. It's going to be an extended roll call session. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Team Buck, it's time for Roll Call. Roll Call, everybody. Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton, while we still have access to our Facebook. Team Buck at iHeartMedia.com. And yes, I'm still on these platforms. I do have a parlor account. You can follow me at parlor.com. I have a parlor account, and uh, by all means, love to love to have you following there as well. And please, bucksexton.com. I keep telling you, bucksexton.com, because we, you know, th- they can come after us there, but it's harder than than just booting us off these other platforms and this other stuff. So that's that's where we're at with all that. And now. Let us get into the latest on all the Buck Sexton things on the roll call. Let's get to it. Uh, well, actually, no. Wait, before I do that, I'm going to keep everybody in suspense for a second. Producer Mark, did you watch anything worthwhile this weekend? Anything you want to share with the team? Well, it was uh, NFL Wild Card Weekend, so that's what uh, I was locked into most of the weekend, yeah. Did the Buffalo Bills win? I thought you were at a Buffalo Bills watch party. No, it didn't end up happening. Didn't happen. Did the Buffalo Bills win? Yes, they did. Hmm. Oh. So where what are they, what happens to them now? Uh, I believe they face the Browns. They face the lowest remaining seeds. So it might actually I think the uh, I have to pull up the schedule, but um, the Chiefs may play the Browns. The so Buffalo, I'm not sure off the top of my head who they play. Oh, very nice, very nice, very nice indeed. Yeah, I tried to watch a. It's the Ravens, Netflix. by the way. Sorry, I wanted to correct myself. It's the Ravens oh, okay. before everyone course, yelled yeah, at their radio. Get this stuff right. I tried to watch a new show. I watched The Ripper on Netflix, which was like a documentary about some guy in the 70s. I fell asleep. It was like just so bad and boring. I fell asleep 10 minutes into it. But I did have a couple of fun things I want to tell everybody about. Well, one very nice thing, which is that I am a now I am El Padrino. I am a godfather. My little nephew, Ryan, uh, got baptized over the weekend. So we had to do a masked and socially distanced baptism at, at my church uh, here in New York. And so I, I got to be a part of the baptizing of the baby, which was so that's very nice. That was very, uh, you know, a milestone. And then also uh, the snow princess, aptly named because she is from Buffalo, where it is cold and snowy. Uh, she she wanted to go out to dinner. So we actually did. Die, we went out on a date night in New York City on Saturday night. 
Outdoor dining, it was 30 degrees outside, producer Mark. Sitting out on a table in the street. Um, They had this thing above. They had like a little heater above us. But I got to tell you, you better be right under that heater because we were sort of one table removed from the heater. You better be right under that heater or else about an hour into the meal. And I was wearing thick wool socks. The whole your feet start to get a little numb. Um, so I did. I had I had a little tequila. We had a whole we had a, we actually went to a Ukrainian restaurant. Believe it, it was excellent. The food was great. And we had a really, really nice meal and a little bit of kind of continued uh, belated birthday celebration for the Snow Princess, because it's really tough to find a restaurant to go to in New York. So we finally found one that we wanted to go to that was outside. And her birthday was on uh, January 4th. So we, we did all this. And uh, yeah, man, it was. I got to say, you got to really want to do outdoor dining in New York right now to, you know, you that's that's a you got to prepare. It she just went would, through the tunnel. Would you and the oh, we could go to New Jersey. Yeah. You guys have indoor dining. I believe I don't know about Jersey City Hoboken, but yes, I think everywhere we do. Yeah. Oh, man. Indoor dining. I haven't had that since Florida. That'd be so nice. I, I got to get back down to Miami. It's just it's just too nice to actually live life to be stuck up here in New York. And that, now you've got Cuomo. Uh, you, you've got Cuomo essentially saying, oh, yeah, we can't just stay locked down until the vaccine reaches critical mass. We can't do that, which people like me have been saying all along. I was right. I think it's important. I was right. OK, I'm not saying I was alone on this one, but the people who are saying Lockdown until vaccine is too damaging. It's crazy. We were right. They were wrong. And now they're having to admit it because the damage is just piling up and piling up and piling up. And it's not stopping cases. The lockdowns have not been stopping the cases. By the way, I'm, I'm very pleased to see. Uh, I meant to mention this before that, that there is now a. A lawsuit. Um, Parler has sued Amazon for antitrust violation, breach of contract, and unlawful business interference, and it asking a federal judge now, uh, they're asking a federal judge to order Amazon to reinstate the platform. So this is going legal, which is a good thing. There's a legal fight underway here. We've got to see what kind of judge we get for uh, the folks over at Parler. That's going to make a big difference here. All right, now we'll actually get into roll call. Uh and thank you so much all for writing. And we had a lot of roll call recently, so I want to take some extra time with it today. Here we go. Dave, I used to see stories on Drudge of people looking to leave the country and didn't really think much about it. I deleted the Drudge app a few days ago because it's worthless. Now I have friends of mine making five to ten year plans of leaving the country. Unfortunately, it's becoming more and more real. Well, Dave, I'm, I'm leaving a blue state dystopia. So I I am going to be getting out of New York. I don't know how soon because I have some obligations here and I have family here, but I'm done with I'm done with New York City. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, It's too, too expensive, too difficult. And you're in the hands of these lunatic Democrats like de Blasio and Cuomo, who really just all they care about is their their social justice standing and everything else, you know, prosperity and crime levels. And that stuff doesn't matter to them. Not enough. Doesn't matter enough. And, and the, their handling of the lockdown has been absolutely atrocious, absolutely horrific. So I think I think New York City's in big trouble. I think San Francisco's in big trouble. I think L.A. is in big trouble. These are places where people are going to say, what am I doing here? Why am I choosing to live here? 
And now you're talking, I know, Dave, about people leaving the country. Where are you going to go is the question that people would have to ask. Where are you going to go? If you think that uh, Australia or New Zealand or the UK, just think of English speaking countries right off the bat, Canada, you think of any of these countries where there's a lot of cultural similarities and obviously linguistic similarity to America. Uh, if you think that they're going to be a much better place in terms of government, uh, government overreach and things like that, I got I got news for you. It's even worse. So where do you go? I mean, do you want to move to a country where you don't speak the language? Probably. Right. Are you going to move to a country where you're going to have to learn a foreign language and and deal with all those cultural shifts? It's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, I don't know where you're planning on going, but it's also fascinating. All these liberals, you know, they always talk about how bad it is that America won't just let people come here illegally. Every other country in the world, you find out if you want to immigrate to other developed countries, they have very strict uh, rules about immigration. You know, try to become a Japanese citizen as an American. Good, good luck with that one, right? There are a lot of countries that have very strict rules about this. But we're the only country that's a racist country because we don't let anyone come here who wants to uh, illegally. We're the only country that's so bad because of that. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up here, we've got Mary, who writes... Buck, I want you to know that I'm with you to the end. I haven't given up on the fight. I so very much appreciate all that you do for us, the team. While I'm frustrated as hell, I'm not surprised by the recent defeats conservatism has sustained. May we transform our righteous anger into a passion for future battles. There most certainly will be many more. I leave you and Mark with this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Numbers 6, 24, 26. Uh, Mary, thank you so much. I appreciate that you you feel a loyalty to what we do here into the show. It is very meaningful, especially these days where, you know, the, the only reason I'm optimistic for the future of, say, conservatism and conservative media more specifically is because of I know the people who listen to this show. And I know that they they care about what we do and they are loyal to those that they think deserve it. And, and people who listen to the show understand what I do, what we do here, and they care about it and they they support us. So that is as long as we have that, as long as this this tribe of Team Buck stays intact, we'll always be able to do what we do here and have a voice in the conversation. So we'll make whatever adjustments, whatever maneuvers are necessary as the you know the tech oligarchs come after us, um, we'll we'll make those adjustments as we have to, and we will stay in this fight. Don't don't think that uh, we're going to give up. We're not. Chris, hello, Mister Sexton. Thank you for your work. You mentioned on your show today that we conservatives need to continue to fight. I don't think we can win anymore. I think the Democrats have won. Either they found a way to win elections via fraud without repercussions. Or there is a plurality of voters in the USA that desire a socialist society. In Georgia, they voted in an avowed socialist and someone who has clear ties to China. Either it was by the first method or by the second new reality. Conservatism looks like it's toast. Thank you for listening. Well, Chris, I, I understand your feelings of frustration and and certainly your sense of, of a very uh, challenging future for conservatism in this country, given the direction 
of the electorate right now and what we've just seen. But but remember this in 2008, when Obama won and the Democrats had control of the House and the Senate, there was a, a lot of conservatism is finished sentiment. And then it did take eight years, but we came back with the presidency of Donald Trump. And before that, though, even in 2010, we had massive victories thanks to the Tea Party. And I really believe that we're going to see a mobilization, a peaceful, law-abiding mobilization of people, something similar to the Tea Party, but under a different, a different moniker, under, with, with a different uh, central mobilization theme. I believe that that is going to happen and, and I want to be a part of it. And if I can, I want to be a leader in it. I want to help create this. And I'm thinking all the time about what that could be and, and how how we could get people to really believe in a message of constitutional opposition to what we're going to be subjected to under a Biden administration. I would also note one of the complexities, I think, in this right now, one of the reasons this is more difficult is we don't really know what a Biden administration is going to do yet. I don't think Joe Biden knows because he hasn't been told what he's supposed to do. So there's a lot that remains. There's a lot that's out there and we got to see where all this goes, right? You got to know what your opponents are trying to do to stop them from doing it. We have a lot of ideas and I talked to you about what I think the Biden administration is going to be up to. I talked to you about what I think the, uh, the left is going to be able to push Biden into uh, doing as as the next occupant of the Oval Office. But we're going to have to see. There's a little bit of a wait and see aspect to all of this. I, I know that that can be frustrating, but is Biden going to try to, you know, dramatically? First of all, there's the crackdown on conservatism, which is a private sector and soon to be public sector, meaning government partnership. I mean, the Biden administration is absolutely going to back up these social media tech titans in every way they can because they're attacking us, their primary political opponents. So Biden, remember that the Democrats don't see this as bad at all. The Democrats in power, they think this is great. They want more of this. I mean, if they can have their way, there'll be nothing but suppression of conservative content. There'll be nothing but suppression of conservatism going forward so they're they're all about it don't don't think they're not um let's see here next we've got uh chris oh no sorry kyle buck after what happened in dc the only opinion show i wanted to listen to was yours on thursday thank you for saying what you said about those events and how you said them i told my wife that i was glad to hear somebody expressing the same feelings i have about what went down so I could feel a bit less isolated in my views. I hate what I saw on Wednesday as much as what I saw over the summer. It was depressing to see people I would otherwise sympathize with acting in a way that was so destructive and serve only to embolden those who seek to bury the conservative movement. Shields high now more than ever. Well, Kyle, good to know that I'm not alone because I, I got a lot of uh, a lot of heat, a lot of blowback and anger from people for saying what I did about what happened at the Capitol but I, I would always hope that everyone who listens to the show knows that I, I approach what I do with principles and, and I approach what I do with, with honor and dignity. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to play into the hands of deceit in order to chase ratings. I, I leave that to other people. I'll, I'll leave that to other folks out there. And understand, it's, a lot of them have been, have been doing so, so far at least, 
with, uh, you know, it, it benefits them. They, they've been successful in their ratings at any cost gambit. But I, I believe that it, there are things that are more important than that. I think there are things that are more important than just getting additional listeners or additional or, or not losing listeners even. Um, so I, I take a different I take a different approach than some other people out there. And, you know, we, we have to deal with the very real possibility here, friends, that uh, that the Donald Trump movement is is damaged in a way that I, I don't know if it can. I, I don't know if, if he can continue to be a part of it going forward. That's uh, that's a, a real question right now. And I think that's very hard for a lot of people to handle. But we need to start thinking about that. You know, what would that mean? That doesn't say that you abandon the principles, the ideals. It doesn't mean that you don't want, you know, secure borders or, or standing up to China on trade and some of these other and or that we take the fight to the media with words in a way that shows that we won't back down and won't be cowed by their uh, their constant efforts against us to silence us and to undermine us. But it does mean that we we've been uh, off balance here, friends, a lot. We've been we've been hit on our heels, and that's something we have to come back from. Uh, Dustin Buck, I know you're taking heat for how you feel about the events of the Capitol, but I'm with you. Those who were outside and marching peacefully absolutely were right, but those who went in the building were acting in a disgraceful way. Their actions made me sick. We cannot stoop to the level of the left. It must be within the law. Stay strong and shield time, my friend. Dustin, I appreciate another voice and solidarity in this one. I want to be clear, we, we picked a fair amount today of people that agree with me, but there's a lot of people in the inbox and a lot of people writing into roll call who are who are really angry at me. And I'm fine with them being angry. Um, I, I just I hope that they understand that I'm going to tell you what I think is true about this. And that includes what happened on Capitol Hill, for sure. And uh, I'm I, even even if a majority of the people listen to this show disagreed with me in the condemnation of the Capitol I feel the way I do about it. I'm telling you why I feel that way. And and I hope that there can be a respect for the, the difference of opinion on this because uh, I'm not changing. I'm not changing the way I feel just based upon uh, the numbers, you know. But I also think everybody should know that according to the, the polls that are out there, at least over 80 percent of Republicans absolutely condemn the uh, attack on Capitol Hill, the the riot, you know, the, the, the riot. Let's just call use that proper term. Chuck writes, Buck and Mark, great show today. I needed it. I'm still listening, so you may get to it, but we need a special counsel on election integrity. I sent a letter to the president. still needs to happen. It's the only way the rage of MAGA will be extinguished. We need three counsels, including the Hunter Biden one. Uh, A repeat. I will never think this election was legitimate until all of America gets to hear all the evidence and the debate that goes with it. Well, Chuck... I, I agree that we should get answers on this, but I do have to say that we have to be open to the possibility that, look, it's inevitable that there is some degree of fraud in every election. That's just a true statement. There's always some, and they've already found a couple of dead people who voted. And the question here all along was, was there enough, uh, enough intentional fraud that it would have changed the election outcome? Now you're talking about eight states, I believe, that the president would have had to or eight states the president lost to Biden that he thought he could have won. And that's a lot of places for there to be substantial enough fraud that was not caught or not provable. And there there has to be an open-mindedness here, friends, 
I, I know that you're, no one's going to want to hear this. It is possible that Joe Biden just won this election outright. It is possible. I mean, he's the president. He won in terms of what goes on the on the scoreboard. But it, it may, in fact, be the case that Joe Biden just managed to get a lot more votes than Donald Trump in the key states that matter. Look what just happened in Georgia. We just lost two Senate seats in Georgia. So clearly it wasn't a one-off that Trump would have lost Georgia to Joe Biden. Now, I'm not saying I don't believe there was fraud, and I'm not saying I don't believe that there was substantial fraud. Was it substantial enough to change the outcome of the election? We, we cannot, we do not have proof of that right now. And there's, the, there's a chance that even when we get all the information in, Joe Biden may well have, I'm not going to do what Democrats did and just knowingly lie about the election result as they did in 2016 for four years. They lied with this Russia collusion stuff. Oh, Russia gave Trump the election. That was a lie. I'm not going to do that. Not going to lie. I want to fight using the tactics that they use within the process. I'm not willing to go around being a party to a lie because it upsets Democrats. So this is again, this this comes down to principles. And do we have them? Do we maintain them? Do we defend them? Um, Joe Biden may well have beaten Donald Trump head to head in this election. That's now I know that he won. I'm not saying he, he clearly won the election as he's going to be the next president. But I mean, even if we were to look at all the votes and all the recounts and everything else, you may still have Joe Biden as the victor at that point, friends. So don't hold out hope that if we do get greater transparency and accountability, it'll show that Donald Trump clearly and Trump did not win in a landslide. That that is that much is to, you know, I, I guess it would depend on how you would define a landslide. But I mean, that's just it's just not true. It's just not true. Uh, it was a pretty close election in some key states, but. You know, friends, Trump did not win, uh, you know, 48 states or something here. I mean, there was not a landslide for Trump. That's not what happened. And when you look at the year we were in in 2020 and what happened with the pandemic and the uh, the way the media was all in for Biden against Trump. You know, we we have to face unpleasant facts when they're facts. That's what I'm saying. We have to face unpleasant truths. And that's what we'll continue to do here. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Continuing on with the roll call here, June writes, I cannot join any political movement at the moment because I'm still active duty, but we need to start the groundwork preparing for the next election at the local level. The Democrats are starting their work already. We cannot get complacent again. Sorry if this is not the place to be, but I'm just angry for our so-called Republicans in office that didn't do much but take money from the lobbyists. Yeah, June, I hear you. And that is that people ask me, what do we got to do? We got to gear up for the next election. And it starts now. We got to get ready to take back the House, take back the Senate and and then, you know, be in a, a real position for a trans a transformation away from the Democrats transformative efforts of the country. We need to be the counter-revolution coming into power in 2024. I know that feels like it's forever forever away, but it's really not. It's really not. Uh, it's going to come before you know it. And the work starts now. The, the fights over our culture, the struggle to have our voices heard, the state and local 
uh, use of power to try to protect constitutional individual rights. All of that should should already be underway. And and remember, there will be, I believe, massive blunders for the uh, Biden administration that will cause slowdowns in their agenda. Don't assume that, you know, they they are going to execute on their plans. Even if you disagree with what their plans are and the goals are, don't assume they'll be able to execute on them well. I I think there will be major blunders from the Biden team, and that, that will be, that will provide an opening for the rest of us to be able to, um, you know, that, that, that'll provide an opening for us to have more effective opposition, I believe. That, that's what I'm thinking right now. I'm, I'm hopeful, friends. I'm uh, prepared for big challenges ahead, but I am hopeful about the future. Jake, at this juncture, Buck, it seems as though the libs have effectively removed the ballot box and jury box from those of us on Team Freedom. Considering the incoming administration, I anticipate further assaults on our civil rights, speech, press, assembly, religion, petition, bearing arms, etc. I agree with you. The breaching of the Capitol was not uh, helpful to our cause. However, if we continue to play their game by their rules, we cannot win. I believe that many of us are growing tired of the libs getting away with murder, sometimes literally, while we are constantly under a legal microscope. I think a new game and a new set of rules need to be created, giving team freedom a way to fight the libs that does not involve taking to the streets with rifles. I don't know what that new game is, but the time to create it is dwindling rapidly. Um, I I got to say, uh, Jake, you know, we, we I understand these these feelings, the sentiments right now that we have no mechanism to push back or fight back. But I, I would just I would try to remind you, I, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's really where we are right now. I think that uh, we've suffered some some very disconcerting losses, no question about it. But if we stick together and stick to our principles and get active uh, there are ways that we can we can make gains here. And at the state and local level, for example, think of all the freedom that we could have restored if we just had state and local governments understand that lockdowns are a terrible idea, which now everyone, I think, is starting to figure out. The Buckster was right on that. Lockdowns are a terrible idea that do not provide the benefits that they say they will and make everything much, much worse uh, economically than they would otherwise be. More on this tomorrow, friends. We are in this together. I am with you in this fight until the end. And that is why we keep our shields high.